Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan. Yeah, and I'm excited for everyone who decided to have a Bible study with me today. So we're going to talk about how Jesus deals with sin today. So let's go to Genesis chapter number 4. I said we're talking about Jesus and I went to Genesis, didn't I? That's because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And you guys are going to see how he handled it in the Old Testament, how he handles it in the New Testament. So we're going to see how God handles sin since the beginning of time. Because right here is like the start of sin. Genesis 4 and 2, it says, Later she gave birth. By she, we're talking about Eve. Was the only woman on earth. So they didn't even have to, they didn't even have to like, be specific when they said she. They're like, this is the only one. She gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd and Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. No. So one of them was a shepherd and one of them had, had crops. Cain had crops. You got a question? Well, wasn't it like the, the reason because the reason why Cain was like like well, it wasn't as good as uh, Abel is because uh, Ab Abel gave like his best his best everything he had. Cain only gave him some of it and didn't give him like the freshest, the best. See this this kid. He's singing and he's gonna be preaching. We're just gonna let him do it. Good. You're right. You're dead on. I think another just to add to that. I think another main part of that is. Cain gave him fruit and vegetables in his crops. But Abel gave him an animal. And, 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 and it's fine. It's most fine. But what did the animal have in it that Christ shed for us on the cross? Blood. Blood. Amen. I believe that's why it was so important. <laughs> we all have thunder. But uh, yes, I believe it was the blood. That made a difference in Abel's sacrifice. It was God showing us how Christ's blood is the thing that we need more than anything. It's Christ's blood that is actually the root killer. It's Christ's blood that gets sin out of our life. But let's keep going with the story here. So Abel also brought a gift, the best portion of his firstborn lambs from his flock. And the Lord accepted Abel and his gift. But he did not accept Cain for his gift. Now, normally that people are like, why didn't he accept his gift? But we just covered that. Thanks, God. <laughs> but uh, so he accepted Abel's, but he didn't accept Cain's. Now it says, this made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Anybody ever felt that way before? Yes. But also, so because God didn't accept his gift, is that why he killed we're getting there. You're ahead of me now. Now you got to slow down. So Cain became very angry. We've been angry when things don't go our way. We get angry when we don't understand certain things and why they're happening in our life. Everybody in here had, had an issue with anger at one point in time? I know. Everybody better have to. Guys, everybody should have their arms in the air right now. Like, either we got a roof full of liars or something's going wrong here. Because I know at least... What all of you guys, when you were a baby, at least got angry about something. Because babies get angry. I don't know if you ever noticed, but babies can be so loving and so peaceful, and then they can be so angry. I'm like, I don't know how to calm this thing down. <laughs> so this is where Cain's at. He's got that little baby anger all over him. 
But God comes to him and God asks him an important question. God says, why are you so angry? Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Because sin is crouching at your door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. Now, is God all-knowing? God's all-knowing. God knows everything, right? Did God know that Cain was fixing to bust his brother's head open with a rock? God knew that, right? Why didn't God tell him, don't kill your brother? Because, because then he would be like, why should I listen to you after, after you didn't accept my gift, but you accept my brother's? <laughs> now I'm going to That would have got Cain in more trouble, man. Now he's not only doing bad things, he's talking back to the king of kings. No, but, but, so, why didn't God tell him not to just kill his brother? What's up? He's giving him a choice. He's giving him a choice. But he's also the root killer. God realized Cain's problem wasn't just that he was going to kill his brother. But God addressed the more important issue here when he says, why are you angry? Cain's not going to kill his brother if he's not angry. But God knew that his anger was going to lead down a path that will cause some trouble in his life. Why do we not talk about sin and how we can stop sinning? Because we should be worrying about some issues that are deeper than just some of the issues I see on the surface. I can see somebody having trouble in their life, and instead of me just addressing what they're doing that is sin, there's always some issues that are a little bit deeper. Hold on a second. There's, a, there's some issues that are a little bit deeper. And if we handle those issues, these issues aren't going to be such a problem. Now, I'm not just saying that because I'm so smart, I came up with that on my own, but I took some advice from the root killer. Because now we're going to take a look at what Jesus actually says about sin and how to control things. And in Matthew 5, 21 and 22, he says, you have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. That if you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, even if you're angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. So here we go. Just like all the way back in Cain's day, Jesus says, I see what the real problem is. The problem wasn't that he had committed murder because he hadn't even committed murder at that point. But God already saw the root of a problem growing in his life. And he knew if he didn't take control of that root that was growing in his life, eventually it was going to spring up and it was going to choke the life kind of out of his brother. But it's going to choke the life out of him. So he wanted to address the root that's starting in our life today. We've got things that happen through our life constantly. And they're planning roots in our life if we let them take hold. There are, and I'm not only talking about anger. Anger is not the only issue. Let's go on. Let's see what else he talks about here. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. But if you curse someone, you're in the dangers of the fires of hell. So he's not even just talking about anger. He's like, even if, 
Like, if you just call someone an idiot, you've got some roots growing in you that you shouldn't have growing in you. Then he goes on in 5 and 27, he says, you heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. So now he's not just talking about anger. Now he's talking about lust. Now he's talking about what we say, what we allow to come out of our mouth. All of these things are roots that pop up in our life. What about anxiety? What about depression? Are these sins? No, they're not sins? Because the wages of sin is death. And I think more people die from depression and anxiety and stress than any other thing on the earth. They're sins. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna kill you. They're going to destroy you. Maybe they're not a sin. All right, we'll go back. Maybe it's not a sin. It's a root. It's a root. We've been hurt. People have been, we've had terrible things happen to us in our life. And that can be a root of sadness in our life that can lead to depression, that can lead to me not caring about myself and about people around me and things that are going on in our life. You got something else to add? Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Quickly, because then I'm going to get through these notes or we're going to be here all night. <laughs> but so, so he says this, that it's better to be, or it's better to enter into heaven with one eye than to be thrown into hell with two. And that's exactly how we should be in our lives. If it's better for me to get something out of my life that's going to start rooting and start growing into my life, it's better for me to get that out of my life now and not wait until the next life and let God deal with it, but let me pray to him and let him help me with this right now. Now, let's take a look at verse 38 here. You have heard that the law says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. God, God, God beat me up with this one, man. Man knows. I quoted it to him. Like, eye for an eye, two for two. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's what the Bible says, right? But Christ was like, no, because I'm going deeper than that. I'm not just dwelling on the surface here. We're going to go down deep. What happens if you get injured? What happens when somebody does something mean to me? Somebody does something wrong for me? Can I go back and be wrong to them again? Because the Bible says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? But Christ is like, I'm calling you guys to more than that. Because that plants something inside of you where you start looking for revenge. And you start fighting against injustice. And you have all of this hatred. And, and none of that's from God. God's all about love. God's all about us turning away from things that offend us. Not jumping on them. Because finally I got a chance to show my offense. But he says, I say, do not resist an evil person. Now that's pretty hard. I'm pretty bad about that. That means if someone cuts you off on the road, don't get mad. Just slow down and let them have it right away. That's hard to do. If somebody slaps you in the right cheek, offer them the other cheek. 
Dude, watch come up here. We're gonna dump. No, we had to offer you the other one. There was no downside for me doing it. <laughs> but we all laugh because we know that's gonna be hard for Judah not to not keep at my cheek after I do it to him. Because that's what our nature is all about. That's the roots that are in us. And we didn't we didn't plant all these roots ourselves, guys. We're put in this flesh. We're put in this body. This this flesh affects our decision making. It affects who we are. But God's calling us to get these roots out of our life. When we're saved, we're new creatures. I'm no longer bound to sin. But just like he told Cain, we're to master over sin in our lives. I'm to master over that. I'm going to tell you what. I don't like picking weeds. I don't know if you guys understand that, but I do not like doing yard work. I'm bad about it. My neighbors hate me. Like, they're older and they're like, Dan, would you please get your yard under control? And I'm like, what are you talking about? It looks good. <laughs> it looks like the woods, and that's what I like. But I realized that there are some places in my yard that I, I didn't attend for a long period of time. And those weeds outweighed me. They got to the point. That I'm never going to be able to get this back to a position that looks normal again. Because they've overgrown me. In the background of this picture, you can see a field of weeds that was overgrown. Our, our men's mission group, we went on a mission where we went and we cut down weeds. And it didn't even make any sense. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, we're just getting cut up here for no reason. But we're making this field grow and we're making this field look better. And these people are trying to renovate it and grow like fruits and vegetables and stuff for people who are hungry. So it was all for a good thing. But there was some parts of that that were so overwhelming. The weeds were over our heads and we couldn't even see through them. We were just hacking in there and trying to get them down. And in the end, we got we got like some accomplished, but there was still so much more that needed to be done. Because we didn't have to go there and water and feed the weeds. They automatically grew. We went there and tried to get this stuff to grow. It automatically grew. Its nature was to grow. And in all of us, there's some stuff that wants to grow in our life. I got it. You know, the devil's not going to try and talk you into killing someone today. But he's going to put a little bit of anger in you. Put a little bit of hate in you. Let it grow over time. Let some more bad things happen to your life. And then before you know it, you're all wound up in the weeds. And you're thinking things you shouldn't be thinking. And you're acting ways you shouldn't be acting. When God all along is calling us to get the weeds out of our life. And he's not just calling us to do it on our own. But he's going to show us. In Matthew 5 and 43 it says, You have heard the law that says... Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. You guys hear that? There was a law in the Old Testament that said hate your enemies. That's what Jesus just said. There was a law in the Old Testament that said hate your enemies. There's, you wonder why there was a bunch of people in the Old Testament that were really hateful? <laughs> this might be why. Like they, they, didn't get the, they didn't get the deeper meaning behind the scripture. But I say, Jesus says, I say, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. 
Pray for them. Not pray like the country song. Pray a pot falls off and hits him in the head. Pray the brakes go out on my... Not pray like that. He's talking pray for them. Pray for them to be blessed. Pray good things into their life. Because while we're praying for them, we're actually praying for a child of God. There's no enemy on this earth that we should hate. Because everything was created by God. And he does not call us to hate, but he calls us to love. And hate is one of those little roots that will grow in our life if we continue to feed it and we continue to allow this to take place in our life. In 45 it says, in that way, so here it goes. He said, love your enemies. He said, don't hate them. Love your enemies. And then he says, in that way, oh, my phone behind here. In that way, this is all in the Bible, trust me. This <laughs> screen will catch up. It's all in there. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. So if I love my neighbor and I love my enemy, I'm acting like Jesus. Because that's how Jesus acts. It says, for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. You know, how many times in my life I've been like, man, why did they got that? They don't deserve that. Why did God hook them up? Why is God hooking this person up? Why is he, you know why? Because he loves everybody. He loves everybody. He reigns on the just and the unjust. He gives blessings to sinners and believers. He actually loves everybody. Me and Brian had that talk today, didn't we, Brian? I told him that today. I was like, he said, yeah, I don't know if God loves me. I said, oh, I know God loves you. Because God loved me. And I was, okay, what would you say? I'm sorry. What would you say? Oh, you don't want to say that. I was I was rough. I was uh I was putting in my own words, we'll say. But my point behind it all that I told him was that I know God still loves him because God loved me when I was doing dumb things in my life. He loved me when I didn't have everything together. And guess what? He loves you even though you don't have everything together. Matter of fact, he loves the evil and the good, it says. The people who are evil, who don't even care about them. Who don't like them and they don't talk to them. And they go, I still love them. I try to, I send them money on their birthday, I try to reach out, but we don't have a relationship. That's how God feels. He doesn't stop loving us just because we make mistakes. He still loves us in the middle of our mistakes and he knows all along, all he's got to do is send his son, sprinkle a little root killer in our lives and we can take out some of these issues that we're letting grow in these big things in our life. Because Jesus is our ultimate root killer. So how does he do that? How do we do that? How do, I do that? how do I cut down these weeds in my life? I got all this stuff going on in my life. I know Jesus is the answer. But what really is going to make the difference in all of this? Hold on one second. I'm about to get to an end here. This is February, right? This is, this is Valentine's Day month, right? right. This is going to be our month of love. And I preached on Sunday and I decided that 
for this month, I'm going to try to make every single one of my sermons end with the same verse. Go to the next slide real quick. The most popular verse in all of the world. John 3.16 For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who what? Believes. Believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. What is the only thing that's going to cause you to perish and not have eternal life? You got the devil? The devil kind of sin. Sin. Sin is the only thing that will cause you to perish and not have eternal life. And God decided to solve that problem by sending his son out of love to die for your sins. Yeah, you can keep that going. That was perfect. I love that. That's it right on. So that everyone who believes can be saved. So what's my job in that? God's going to solve the problems. God's going to believe in it. Believe in it. Not that. I don't want to believe that God can just keep me from, from murder, right? I don't want to believe that God can just keep me from committing adultery. I don't want to believe that God can just keep me from the big things in life. But I've got to believe that he's the root killer. That he can take the small things out of my life that one day can grow to big things. And sin is, sin is a big, it's a big area. we got anger, murder, we got lust, we've got anxiety, depression I'm talking about, sadness. There's all kinds of things that the enemy will use to destroy your life. But Jesus came to this earth so that I could believe and not have these things grow in my garden. So I don't know where, what roots you guys got growing in your life today. Sometimes we don't see them. We, you know, we, I would have seen the anger growing in Cain. God seen it. God knew what the problem was. He was like, yeah, you got anger in you. You need to control it. But I don't know what roots you guys got growing in your life today. I know some of the roots I got in my life I need to get out. But I do know who can take those roots out of your life today. And the only thing it's going to require is for you to believe that God loves you that he wants your life to be better, and that he wants to fix the situation that he's been in. I don't care if it's depression, I don't care if it's anger, I don't care if it's hatred, I don't care if it's lying. Whatever root is growing in your life today, if you're willing to believe that God can change it, God can change it today. So let's stand up to our feet. Thank you, Candace. You thought I did a good job, guys. Yes, thank you, baby. Thank you, baby. Jesus deserves a clap, guys. God is the one who does a great job in our lives. You want to click those lights off for me? We're going to click these lights off, and I'm going to give you guys a couple of minutes here to spend with God. What roots are growing in your life? I don't need to know what problems are growing in your life. If you get to the point where you're about to kill someone, call me. <laughs> but until you get to that point, Let's let God take the roots out of our life before it ever gets to that point.
So bring your issues to God today. Whatever little things you see growing in your life. Say, I don't know why, God, but I feel angry today. I don't know why, God, but every time I have an opportunity, I decide to lie. I don't know why these roots are growing in my life. But I know you can take them out of my life. So let's allow him to take those out of our life today.